SE Sports Daily with Kyle Elfrink and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. If we have learned nothing else in this final month of the calendar year 2023, it's this. Do not doubt Joe Flacco. He doesn't even need his top receiver to dominate. We welcome you into Fantasy Sports Daily on a Friday. Kyle Alfrank back in the captain's seat, or at least the admiral's seat. Maybe Ray Flowers is the captain. I don't know. Ray, uh, good to see you. I know you and Rich Mileto were hanging out yesterday, getting set for Thursday night football, as well as a variety of other things. So thank you to uh, Rich. Thank you to yourself. And sorry, but you only get a one-day respite uh, from Kyle Alfrank. Well, I'm sure the people are glad to have you back, Kyle. Uh, you know, it's not the same without you around, buddy. Uh, but yeah, no, Rich did a great job. I know the, the the listeners, the followers enjoyed seeing him, but I'm happy to have you back, and I'm sure they are too. Good to be back. I am uh, still on the road, uh, this beautiful, humble abode uh, of my parents as I am visiting them over the holidays. So doing a one-day get-together here uh, between me and you. And by next Monday, uh, Ray and I will be back in our usual spots and, and just – you know, to set the facts straight, Ray is not hanging out in the Swiss Alps as he is trying to portray right now with his green screen. I want nobody. See, Ray, I didn't bring a green screen. Right. I could be like hanging out in Bermuda if I brought my green screen. But instead, I'm in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, while you're. Yeah. Sam Mateo. Let's not fool people. I've always thought the green screen was kind of a scam, but it's not. Like, it's so much better. Like, it actually works. Yeah, yeah it works. Awesome. And, uh, you know, outside, I, I, I didn't want to paint a picture of rain. Because that's kind of lame, but we got a rain out here. For those people that don't know, we got the King Tides here. They're, they're out of Maverick surfing with the thirty-foot waves. Everything's happening right now, so we got a little bit of a storm out here, Kyle. So I've got the holiday season still behind me. Well, we need storms out there. You guys got to get that snowpack going yep. uh, for the spring and the summer. So very important. Uh, speaking of pack, what do we got for you today? Well, we got a full hour getting you set for the All Pivotal Week Seventeen. Uh, getting set for the Fantasy Football Championships, as we always know. Every single one of you is uh, going for a title this week. That uh, does not include me, uh, but it does include everybody else. Ray, I'm not up for a single title. Are you? No, I, I told the story. I was uh, in four semifinals, lost all four. Uh, <laughs> so I'm still alive in like the consolation bowls in, multi, in two of those leagues. But yeah, no, 0 for 4, uh, it was disappointing. Yeah, I went uh, 0 for 1 in a semifinal. I was in a consolation bracket, lost there. I did win one other consolation bracket, so I'm still aiming for fifth. Uh, when it's all said and done. But for the rest of you, it's championship time and may have gotten off to a great start on Thursday night football. It certainly looked awesome after two quarters between the Browns and the Jets. Uh, we had a full-blown shootout between these two teams, really quieted down in the second half, but still some pretty good numbers, including Joe Flacco, Brees Hall, Jerome Ford, David Njoku. We'll talk it all over here in a bit. We'll look ahead to uh, week 17 with injuries and, uh, I don't know, Ray. I was going through this list of injuries and, you know, Jalen Waddle's out. Uh, you got issues with Pacheco and Sutton and Trevor Lawrence. And I wondered aloud to myself, I, I wonder if everybody's going to avoid playing week 17 now because, oh, my God, nobody's playing in week 17. But I guess not. Yeah, uh, it's tough. And it's I will say this, too. It's been a battle for all of us over at FantasyGuru.com. So it's great to see all the questions in Discord, which means our advice has helped everyone still be playing. Right. So it's great. But then there are all these questions that are just unanswerable over and over and over again, mm -hmm. because this this week, as much as any this season, I think, has so many key players that there's just uncertainty with the health. So it's football. you got to keep on top of things. you got to pay attention to the news. you got to listen to the, 
the podcasts and the shows. You got to read the articles. You got to spend time in Discord. It's it it's been a battle in 2023, and it certainly hasn't let up here in Championship Week. And uh, Ray Flowers will be your leader into battle on Sunday morning. He'll be handling Twitter at SiriusXM Fantasy, but also here at Fantasy Guru. Uh, we've got the live stream Discord, so hit up all of that, take advantage of it. But there's going to be a lot of decisions you're probably not making until late on Sunday morning. Might even be waiting to see some of those uh, active and inactive lists uh, that come out 90 minutes before kickoff. Tyler Beaker is going to stop in on the show. Always enjoy having Tyler with us. We'll get a Week 17 preview with him. And as usual on a Friday, we'll do some DFS head-to-heads, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Find a couple of guys uh, in similar price points. And uh, Ray will give you the read on which direction to go. As usual, promo codes. Cheap fantasy guru. Not cheap, at least discounted fantasy guru content. Uh, Ray, what's shaking as we get ready for New Year's Eve? Yeah, we still got our two main promos going. One of them's got a code. The other one is just, hey, happy to have you around. Sign up. That one's the the DFS one. Uh, It's $50 for the rest of the season for DFS fantasy football. That's now... That's next week. That's all the way through the playoffs, including the Super Bowl. So you get everything through the Super Bowl, all the DFS, the live streams, the articles, the videos, the chats, all of that for $50 over at fantasyguru.com. So just go sign up for that right now if you'd like. See what the DFS game is about if you haven't played it yet. Uh, and then we have the promo code FSD20. So FSD20. Uh, that's for discounts on all the products, whether you're buying swag or signing up for you know football this or basketball that or hockey this. FSD20 gets a discount on all the products, Kyle. We've never mentioned this with the swag, but obviously there is that Oracle T. Um, If somebody were to ever uh, run into you with that shirt, free autographs, are you still charging them for autographs? Uh, I'll give them a a free. I'll even sign the shirt like they're, you know, in the old days when they used to to sign the the chest of the buxom woman that was wearing the T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, Morgana or something in baseball. I guess she was the kissing bandit. But yeah, I, I would definitely give someone an autograph if they walked up with one of those on, Kyle. Yes. Well, you might be like the Cleveland Browns were last night, Ray. That was like a full-blown celebration after that win. I mean, the fans were going crazy, which I get. It's, you know, it's the Browns. That franchise has not been pitiful of late, but, you know, they've never won a Super Bowl. They've been around for all 60 years of the Super Bowl era or so. Uh, so making the playoffs is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they surprised this year. What is 11 and five? I mean, come on, who to thunk it with the Cleveland Browns? And so, I understand the excitement, but the players were willing to, to have some fun, sign some autographs, hand out some, some pads and some mm-hmm. gloves and all that. So, it was a fun scene. And I think for the fantasy player in that game, Ray, as noted, I mean, gosh, you get to halftime and you've already got 51 points on the board. And I think the over under in that game was like 35 36. Yeah. So, we've blown past that. Mm-hmm. Um, guys were having big games. The second half was very, very quiet. Uh, We got a field goal from the Jets, a field goal from the Browns. But overall, this game gave us some numbers. If you were looking for for a good start to your championship week, I think a lot of the guys gave it to you. And and if you didn't get the good numbers you wanted, it's probably because you might have set Joe Flacco. And this was a situation I know you and Rich probably were were digging through it, you know, 24 hours ago. It seemed throughout most of the day, Ray, like Amari Cooper was going to play. Mm-hmm. And then we get the word 90 minutes, you know, actives, inactives. Amari Cooper is out. He was going to give it a pregame workout. Didn't work. So so they benched him. Um, so everybody was scrambling. And, you know, the Cooper decision was easy. I got to bench him and find somebody else. Man, that Flacco decision became difficult because, Ray, I, I got to admit, I, I didn't have Flacco anywhere. I'm mm-hmm. not playing for t- championships. But if I had seen the Jets and I had seen no Amari Cooper, 
I probably would have benched Joe Flacco in his 300 yards and three touchdowns last night. Yeah, and I tweeted this out at the Ray Flowers uh, last night, uh, you know, 4.30 or whatever, when the news of the Cooper came down and everyone started panicking, like you said. I can't believe how many fantasy seasons rest on Joe Flacco in this decision. <laughs> like, you're, you're, you're going to win in fantasy. You're going to win the championship because of him or not because, like, it's, do I start him or not? And I said this repeatedly yesterday, and I'm not going to shy away from what I said. I, look, we have a QB 15. And mm-hmm. if Amari Cooper isn't active, I really don't want to play him. To yeah. your point. Like, I really, you know, it depends who you're I, A lot of people said I have Derek Carr. I'm like, I'm going to play Derek Carr. Like, if there was a lot of that, you know, am I going to go down and play Tyler Haneke or, or, or Stick? or No, no, no. But if I had another viable option, like Geno Smith was someone that we talked about too, I would have, and I did, and I would have said no. And the fact that he went out yesterday and went to 309 and three, uh, only through 29 passes, only, yeah. right? Because he's been throwing 40 plus every game. This is going to, and I, I joked about Jerome Harrison, who was a Brown years ago. He had like 590 yards and three touchdowns the final three weeks of the season back in 2010 or whatever the hell it was. People are going to remember this Joe Flacco run mm-hmm. 20 years from now. Like legitimately, yeah. this has been utterly amazing. And uh, a tip of the cap to him, tip of the cap to the coaching staff, four quarterbacks they used to start this year. They're in the playoffs. Uh, they changed their system completely around with all the injuries they've had. Uh, but Joe Flacco, I mean, Kyle, you couldn't have you couldn't have written this story and believed it was true. This would have had to have been a Disney story for it to come out this way. Amazing. Yeah, he's over uh, 300 yards passing now in all of his starts. I think it's 11 touchdowns in the starts that he has made. Uh, the record is is unblemished. He, he's perfect. Honestly, Ray, not the MVP. Right? Yeah, but like, if you're voting on like eight guys for for league MVP, why not throw an eighth place vote to Joe Flacco? It's and and it's remarkable. I, and not that the Browns miss the playoffs without Joe Flacco, but you think about some of these teams that are fighting for the playoffs. I mean, just down the road in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. um, you know, they lose Joe Burrow, and you're like, we're done. Uh, Jake Browning comes on, looks pretty good for a couple of games, and now you're kind of wondering, are they going to be able to compete? But with Cleveland. You know, it, it wasn't just losing your starting quarterback. It's losing your backup. It's lo- losing your emergency quarterback. It's signing a guy who was without a team for a year in Joe Flacco. And and you've become better. You've become dangerous. Um, and, Ray, they will more than likely, well, I'm trying to think here how the uh, standings are playing out. But they should get a home game, I think, with that uh, victory. You know, they well, they got to win the AFC North, which the Ravens probably going to win. So I guess Cleveland won't get a home game. But Joe Flacco, it's it's like saving the season is is for the Cleveland Browns. And the, the other part of this is Njoku went off again last night. Jerome Ford kind of saved a, a big-time performance. He's been really quiet for a vast majority of the season, but he was well over 100 yards. And I'm watching Njoku early on, and it was dynamite. I mean, this guy was over 100 yards like in the first quarter. Um, as with the rest of the offense, it slowed down. But it reminded me of something, uh, what was it, Wednesday. We had Scott Bonder here on the show, and we asked him about tight ends. Scott handles our tight end uh, DFS breakdown every week. He'll have a column out later today at FG. And, and we asked him about Njoku. And right at that point, he said, you know what? My number one tight end for next year is David Njoku. And I kind of went, hmm, really? Number one? But now I'm, I'm seeing more of that. I, I'm still hesitant on the idea, Ray, but David Njoku? Could he really go into next season as the top tight end? Or And Scott did couch it just a bit. He said, we don't really know what's going to happen with Kelsey. There are murmurings about retirement, whatever. But I guess at the very least, David Njoku number two, that, that's kind of wild to think about. 
Well, you have Kelsey with the age and the fact that, you know, things are starting to slow down, obviously. You've got Hawkinson with the knee injury, so you have to see how he returns from that. I understand the Njoku talk. I get it, but let's. I would not agree with that, and here's why I would not agree with that. Joe Flacco will not be the quarterback of this team next year. Whoever the quarterback of their team is next year is not throwing 40-plus passes a week. It's not happening. Remember, the Browns lost the best running back in football. They lost like four-fifths of their offensive line. They are scrambling. They're just they're doing whatever they got to do with the personnel they have, which is why the coaching staff deserves so much credit. This is not how they want – this is not how they built their team. This is not how they want their team to run. And even if, you know, Joe, even if Joe Flacco's back next year or Deshaun Watson's playing the best ball he can possibly play, you can't get 302 every game. Can't do it. It's not happening. So I, I just – I can't see the volume there uh, for Njoku to continue this. Will he be a top-five guy? Okay. Sure, I can accept that. But top one, it would have to be perfect. And I don't like betting on everything being perfect. Yeah, perfect uh, would maybe be it for Njoku. Uh, it look, looked perfect last night. Uh, as for the Jets, Ray, you know, kind of blah. They got points, but th- this really boils down to Brees Hall. And this really boils down to Brees Hall becoming a PPR monster. It's almost like Brees Hall, Ray, especially in the last six weeks, has become what we wanted from Austin Eckler. Mm. You know, it was it nine catches last night. He had 12 last week. PPR league. Brees Hall's been a fantasy playoff savior, kind of. He has been just amazing. And it's not because of a runner. It's, it's like you said, great parallel there with Austin Eckler. It's exactly what has occurred. Last night, 13 carries for 84 yards is like an explosion on the ground for Hall. That's a big effort for him. A lot of the games are 30, 40 yards rushing, right? But his involvement as a pass catcher has been significant. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that, you know, Trevor Simeon's yards per attempt is like one yard. He like, he can't stretch the field. He can't complete a pass, pass, pass the sticks. There's just absolutely no chance of him doing that. So what they've done is just dump, dump, dump. And I mean, when you have a running back with more than 20 targets in back-to-back games, your offense is broken. I mean, that's just, you know, but because of that fact, and because of the, even if you're in a non-PPR setup, I mean, he's hundred yard scrimmage is in play every week because of all the volume he's getting as a pass catcher. So, Brees Hall has become, as you said, Kyle, Austin Eckler, not with the touchdown upside. He got a score last night, but not the touchdown upside we've seen the last couple of years from Eckler, but certainly as a pass catching piece. He'll be an RB1, don't you think, going into next season? And, and I, I was a little cool on the hype for Eckler coming into this year. Um, kind of wanted to see it. Wasn't so sold on the role there, but they've moved on. Hall's the guy. Aaron Rodgers or not, right? And I think Rodgers will be back. You're talking about a guy who next season people will pencil him in. 70 catches my fear though is that a lot of these receptions have come with Simeon just dumping mm-hmm. it off and mm-hmm. I don't know if that plays into how the Jets want to run things with Aaron Rodgers yeah I mean Aaron Rodgers has always utilized the, the running back and he would again there's no there's no doubt about that and you know the coaching staff I mean here's the real problem we've talked about this a lot I don't have faith in the coaching staff I don't think many people have faith in the coaching staff I don't think if you're a Jets fan you should have faith in the coaching staff like they're you know Nathan, Nathaniel Hackett no no. So there's really no telling what's going to happen next year. Brees Hall is going to be a running back one, provided Aaron Rodgers is back under center. All that stuff is good. You know, where people are going to get super excited about that. But remember this. And I, I this this article just went up over at fantasyguru.com. It's in my uh, coffin corner piece. It goes up every Friday. The Jets before last night, and they had what one passing score last night. The Jets mm-hmm. have 11 passing touchdowns this season. 11. Okay. This season. Zach Wilson is going to lead this team in passing touchdowns this year. He led the passing the team in passing touchdowns last year, and he led the team in passing touchdowns the year before. Okay. <laughs> so for three years, Zach Wilson has led this team in, in passing scores. And you know how many touchdown passes he has in three years? Uh, let me guess here. Uh, 
26. 23. Ugh, man. Okay, and he's, this team can't pass for 10 touchdowns. So you just magically thinking Aaron Rodgers is showing back up, and hey, we're getting 32 passing touchdowns. Like, so we'll – Hall will be a running back one. No doubt about that. He'll be heavily involved. He should touch the ball 18 times a week. We should be excited about that. But uh, there's still questions to be answered with this Jets offense. So the week off and uh, running Browns 37, uh, Jets 20. And again, the Browns clinching their way into the playoffs with that win last night. That leaves us with the remainder of week 17, which a reminder, we've got Dallas Detroit on Saturday. So we've got that one game. It's a Saturday night. I think it's an 8 o'clock kickoff between the Cowboys and the Lions. So if you've got some decisions there, plan accordingly. And then a very busy Sunday. And, Ray, it's even busier because of all these injuries. Now, there, there is some good news, bad news kind of going on, I guess, with, with Week 17. The good news, Ray, is C.J. Stroud looks to be set. Probably going to be in the lineup for Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamar Chase got in a practice yesterday which the reporting on that situation has kind of gone back and forth. I think earlier yesterday was it Ian Rappaport saying he's probably out for week 17. Then all of a sudden Chase is on the practice field. Now being yeah. on the practice field does not assure that he will be playing, but that's a good step in the right direction for Chase as they get set for the Chiefs. Michael Pittman, who's been dealing with a concussion, uh, he was on the practice field as well. We talked about Stroud earlier in the week and kind of where he would land amongst quarterbacks. And I think for the most part, correct me if I'm wrong, Ray, we both said, Probably a QB1, maybe on the back end, but still a QB1. Uh, Jamar Chase, just to set the record straight, if he plays, he plays. He's in there. Uh, but that's certainly one we're going to have to follow on Sunday with him and his status for the Bengals. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and I think that you're 100% you're right. If I have Jamar Chase, and I did, unfortunately, because of, the, <laughs> because of his injury, I'm not playing in the leagues I had Jamar Chase. But if I had Jamar Chase and I was still active, I'm, I'm playing Jamar Chase. And, mm -hmm. you know, we haven't seen great work from him. It might be five catches for 58 yards kind of thing, right? Uh, we don't know 100% where he's at physically, but this is a team that wants to win a football game. This is a team that has in Chase arguably the best receiver in football, and he is someone that can make dynamic plays. So, yeah, 100% agree with you. If you've got Jamar Chase, he should be in your active line. And just to confirm, that is a late game for the Bengals against Kansas City, so we may be in a situation kind of like Amari Cooper where he's going to go through pregame workouts and we shall see. But uh, today would be a big one. If he gets in a full practice, you'd have to think the Bengals are probably going to send Jamar Chase out there. Uh, the news is not good for Jalen Waddle. It's not surprising, Ray. I mean, honestly, it wasn't so much about week 17 or week 18. If it's a true high ankle sprain, we're kind of worried about the playoffs for Jalen Waddle, but he will not play on Sunday against Baltimore. Um, Tyreek Hill, Devin Achan, it's looking okay. Tua Tungavailoa has been limited. At the very least, the Dolphins come in pretty limping to this game against the Ravens on Sunday. They do, and they, they've been using the, the injury report pretty liberally, too. Like, they're resting their guys. Like, they're being smart. Raheem Mostert, they know he's 100 years old with all these injuries, so he's not practicing all the time. Jeff Manns and I talked about this on the Elite Sports Show on Wednesday, the idea of, is this a Devon Achan game? because, you know, we got Mostert and we're going to get him involved. But Mostert's seen his snap count really reduce the last couple of games. Um, you know, he's still getting his you know, 12 touches or whatever, but they're not running him out there 40 snaps. And we're talking about Jalen Waddle being out of the action here. Do we see Achan much more involved? Does he catch five passes this week? Does he get his 10 touches this week? So we'll continue to break that down and analyze it over at fantasyguru.com. But they are dealing with a lot of things, the Dolphins, and they're going to have to find a way this weekend to, to have that success they've had all season long, basically, yeah. in a slightly different way. Well, and, and I, I, again, the Ravens, we saw what they did to San Francisco and, and how, quote-unquote, dominant they were. 
they killed it with turnovers. I mean, that, that really set up the Ravens for a perfect game against San Francisco. Now, sure, they could do that again against Miami, but the point I'm trying to get at, Ray, is when I look at the Dolphins, you know, Tyreek Hill's got to be in there. A-Chan's got to be in there. Mostert's got to be in there. If you've been somebody playing Tua all season, that's kind of the big one, Ray. Because mm-hmm. he's I don't know if every week he's on that fence of a one or a two. Is he a one this week or is he more of a two this week against the Ravens? I kind of lean towards a two, especially without Waddle in the in the uh, receiving game, uh, court. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? The Dolphins are like the number one offense in football for yardage. Tua Tagovailoa leads football in passing yards. He's going to have 30 touchdown passes and people don't want to play him. It's it's wild like to me. Like we have all this confidence as a in industry of Joe Flacco. Really? Like you, you're confident in Joe Flacco, but the guy who leads football in passing yards and is going to have 30 touchdown passes. I think Tua, given it all, the matchup, the health of players and everything, currently at fantasyguru.com, we've got him ranked 11th. So maybe just a, a, hit, a smidge ahead of what you said, Kyle, but yeah. it is definitely fair to consider who you're going to. My, my concern is that, you know, if you've got Justin Fields or something, sure, go Justin Fields. If you got Matthew Stafford, cool. The people that are going to go the Jake Browning or the Jared Stidham or the Tyler Haneke or the Will Levis because of the matchup, don't do that. Like, yeah. don't don't be a hero. If it's someone that's close, okay, but don't be just randomly throwing a dart because you're worried about a matchup against the Ravens. If if I had Tua and Lawrence, I'd probably go Tua. Trevor Lawrence, Ray, really beat up. The results are middling. Uh, he's probably 50-50 to play mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, again, I, I don't know what people have in terms of turning to, to an, a different guy. You know, maybe it is Jake Browning, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence to me is much more of a QB two this week than a QB one. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't know if he plays. I just, I yeah. don't know. I, you know I, I, and you know, everyone, everyone's got all the questions about starting lineups and everything. And one thing everyone needs to do is you need to look at the schedule, right? You need to see what time games are being played. Jacksonville's a morning game. So at least we'll know early if he's going to be in there. But even if he's in there, you know, he left the last game with an injury and he's, he can't – he fumbles a ball when he's running in the open field and, and things haven't gone. You know, I agree with you. I think Lawrence is someone that – I would play Tua Tungabaloa over Lawrence personally, right, if we're in that decision. And Tua's in that Jordan Love, Kyler Murray zone, and I, I'm not inclined to, to lean in his direction this week. Now, we're not even halfway through the injury report. Um, I mean, other Thursday DNPs, um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, that's important because Isaiah Pacheco also still not practicing. They don't have Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Washington, Ray. Chris Rodriguez was placed on the IR yesterday with an ankle injury. Uh, Brian Robinson has, what is he dealing with? The hamstring. hamstring? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, he's limited, so that's a positive sign. But those two offenses... Commanders and Chiefs, at this point, we don't know who the running back is for this weekend. Yeah, we don't. We can guess, which is what everyone in Discord wants us to do, but let's try <laughs> not to guess. Um, yeah, those are two scenarios that obviously one one offense we're excited about, one offense we're not excited about, one offense we're intrigued with, one offense has a bad matchup, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, there there's a, a reasonable path here to guys we're not talking about right now, Brian Robinson coming out and scoring you know 18 fantasy points this week, right? So let's mm-hmm. let's continue to analyze all the information until we have enough information to make the right decisions. Um, other DMPs, take a deep breath. Uh, DK Metcalf showing up with a back injury, didn't practice on Thursday. Kenneth Walker, who's been missing a load of practices over the last three, four weeks. He got another DNP shoulder injury. Remember, Seattle plays late on Sunday afternoon, so they are in that late window. 
Not looking good for Cortland Sutton of the Broncos concussion uh, protocol. Uh, he's kind of trending towards doubtful for this weekend. Uh, Keenan Allen has been spotted at practice, but is not practicing as he deals with that heel injury. Joshua Palmer, his teammate, um, has missed back-to-back -back practices with a concussion. Josh Jacobs probably out this week. Uh, Rico Dowdle is out. Uh, other DMPs on Thursday, Zay Flowers, Cole Komet, Chubba Hubbard, uh, Duntavian Wicks, Christian Watson. Uh, let's see, Kyler Murray has missed back-to-back -back practices with an illness. So, Ray, again, that's the latest on some guys and where they stand with injuries. But again, the Friday report will be critical and we'll be collecting information all week leading up to Sunday. Yeah, and I said this in Discord yesterday and I bolded it. I don't know if anyone read it, but the they always this, read it, Ray. Come oh, on. Okay, okay, okay. Well, based based on the questions, I don't know if they did, Kyle. <laughs> uh, at this point, this season's been a disaster, right? Everyone's been injured. We're week 17. People are beat up all over the landscape. Legitimately, to this point of the week, right? Friday morning as we're recording this, the only questions people should have been asking are waiver wire questions and start them sit with people involved on Thursday. Because and I said this, for the weekend games, we really shouldn't be making any decisions in week 17 until at least Friday afternoon. We need to see practice reports. And so it's vital to get the information we're going to get today and even tomorrow mm -hmm. to make the decisions here because we don't want to make a bad call. We don't want to make an incorrect decision because of a lack of information because we're too quick jumping the gun here as we're late in the season with all these people dealing with injuries. Well, in the uh, interest of entertaining content, Ray, I'm not going to live by your Friday afternoon. Let's not make decisions till then. I want to make decisions now. I want to ask questions now. I want to put our man Tyler Beaker on the spot. Tyler, back with us here on Fantasy Sports Daily. Does uh, absolute dynamite work um, with everything we do at uh, Fantasy Guru. He's, of course, got the game script articles that come out throughout the week. He handles wide receiver cornerback matchups. Uh, his latest DFS write-up on the receivers he likes for this week is out. And, uh, Tyler, it's good news. You're almost finish with the regular season it's it's been a haul and this week's none easier I mean this week Ray and I were just talking about it it's kind of crazy with the injuries and and Ray wants to hesitate on calls and I get it I know what he's saying but people want to know it's it's a big week it's an exciting week and, and we're happy to have you with us how you doing today doing great thank you guys for having me on really excited to chat this slate uh like you guys heard I I jumped in a few minutes early this is a very news-driven slate. The good thing is we have 10 games in the early window. So we're going to have a lot of clarity before so some of those final start sets are required. Then three games in the afternoon window and then one on Sunday night football. Um, so for the most part, we should have information ready when it's time to finally submit those championship championship ready squads. Well, and, and we do have some information with a team like Miami. Ray and I mentioned Jalen Waddell is out. What, what does that mean for the Dolphins offense? I mean, especially from DFS, Tyreek Hill he costs a ton every week. He's had a great season. Is he even better this week? I mean, it's Baltimore, so people may fade it. But with no Jalen Waddle, it's like, gosh, shouldn't they pepper Tyree Kill in this game? Yeah, coming off a 14-target game, I think we could see another double-digit outing for Tyree Kill. Really like this matchup for him, if no Waddle. Purely because this is a game that's going to have some AFC seeding impacts. We're going to need both these teams playing all out for this game. Uh, I imagine that Miami will have to throw quite a bit. Um, this is a game that i'm not expecting a ton of pace of play i do a lot of pace of play metrics and analysis with my articles generally these are teams that tend to play slow lean on the run game and get by with explosive plays uh the problem is the ravens are really good at limiting those the dolphins are pretty great at limiting them as well um which makes this one very interesting from like a matchup analysis but i think tyree kill is a guy that you want to pay up in an event where 
Jalen Waddles out, and they're going to be throwing heavily. Tyler, what is that sweater? We couldn't see the whole thing you got on there for the people that are watching. Most likely to fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> Did you pull that off? Did it actually happen this holiday season? Uh, well, I fell asleep early. It was not on the couch, but yes. Um, <laughs> it was a very uh, appropriate sweater for me. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, you you know, you've done, you do work for covering everything over at fantasyguru.com. You do do a lot of focus with the receivers. We'll talk, let's talk a little bit about that. We, we just mentioned the Jamar Chase situation. We're trying to look at information today. How active is he? Is he going to be active on Sunday? Blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about twofold. One, if Chase is active, do you start him? And two, if Chase is active, how does that impact T. Higgins, who people are starting to get a little excited about now, but might have some concerns if Chase is back? Great question. Uh, the Chiefs have been phenomenal at slowing down opposing wide receiver ones. Their cornerback, Legereus Sneed, has been used to shadow them. We saw this last week unfold with Devontae Adams, one catch, four yards on six targets. He's done a phenomenal job all season long of just limiting opposing wide receiver ones. Where If Chase plays, he's going to be shadowed by him. That doesn't mean we're going to bench Jamar Chase. He's still one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um I look back to that Jacksonville Jaguars game where it was like the first game that Jake Browning, I think, was starting for Cincinnati. And everyone's like, oh, it's a big downgrade at quarterback. Do we play Jamar Chase? Yes, you played Jamar Chase because he showed in that game he could take any catch to the house. I think he scored in a 70-plus yard touchdown to open the second half in that game. Um, same thing could happen here. Any play, Jamar Chase can house anything. He's that talented. You're not benching him in fantasy championships. The questions become if Chase sits, that means T. Higgins is the guy that's likely going to be shadowed by Sneed. I would downgrade expectations significantly there, given that we'd probably see more dink and dunks to like the tight ends, which they're using like a tight end by committee approach here with like Drew Sample. Uh, I think it was another third guy that also sprinkled in beyond Tanner Hudson. Um, just a, a bunch of guys. Uh, and the running back checkdowns too. Like there's quite a bit of those with, between Joe Mixon and Chase Brown. Um, so my lean is I, I'm confidently playing T. Higgins if Jamar Chase starts, probably viewing him as like a wide receiver two, three borderline play. Uh, with Jamar Chase probably as a, an upper-end wide receiver, too. If Chase sits out, I'm probably downgrading T. Higgins to more of the wide receiver three, wide receiver four boundary, uh, just not expecting him to have a ceiling outing against a guy like Legereus Sneed. Just, there's a big drop in talent between Chase and Higgins. It needs to be acknowledged. And, you know, Tyler, we've been spending all, all like, month, let's be honest about it, talking Joe Flacco. We talked about that earlier in the show today. Another huge effort for him. Matthew Stafford's not totally Joe Flacco, but he's an older quarterback. He, of course, has been playing in Super Bowls and all that kind of stuff. But he's another aging quarterback who for half the season was kind of just a guy and then has really picked things up as, of late. Uh, we've seen you know Puka at times. We've seen Cup at times. Talk to us about this week with the Rams passing attack and what your expectations are with Puka and Cup in particular. Well, ever since Kyron Williams has come back, I think it was week 11 or 12, um, he and the Rams have pivoted to the run. They've been more of a run first offense. And this is a Giants defense that cannot stop the run. They're down, I think, three multiple defensive tackles, including uh, their big stud that they traded away to the Seahawks earlier in the season. This is a really, really thin defensive line. I think the Rams are going to just roll right here. And because of that, we may see limited passing production from Stafford, Nakua, and Cup. Um, it's a great matchup, though. I mean, we saw the Saints last week. Stafford tore them up. They play man coverage at like the second highest rate. The Giants played at like a top five rate as well. So it's very similar schematically. They just, the Giants here, they just decide to blitz relentlessly. Only the Vikings blitz at a higher rate. So that leaves these cornerbacks on an island. Um, and their cornerbacks are not very good. Adoree <laughs> Jackson and Deontay Banks, they are both outside PFF's top 100 cornerbacks. 
So that sets up phenomenal matchups for Nakua and for Cup whenever they do get the targets. I just imagine it's not probably going to be a volume-driven outing. We're probably going to have to see these guys bank on efficiency with Kyron Williams really being the engine of the offense here. Tyler, wanted to ask you about uh, Justin Jefferson for this week. We got the news yesterday the Vikings are going with Jaron Hall, which... I, I'm not a Nick Mullins guy. I'm not, but I, I don't understand why you'd go with Mullins last week. And now you're going with a guy who's pretty well not played football with the playoffs on the line this week. The The attraction, though, is that Jefferson's playing Green Bay, who is horrible in the secondary. I mean, they've, they've just been lit up uh, the last two, three weeks, I think. I get it in season long. Jefferson's out there, uh, but, but does this Vikings offense still have potential going in? That's a Monday nighter, but... Is there potential to still rack up some points just because the Packers are so bad, despite Hall being the QB for that game? Yeah, I think you really just want to focus on the heavy hitters with championships on the line. That's Justin Jefferson, uh, KJ Osborne. I think he's a phenomenal play given the injuries to Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson. What that really does is just um, boil down all the targets to players that we really want to focus on for fantasy, those guys being the heavy hitters. Je the Packers play a ton of zone. Uh, Justin Jefferson has phenomenal splits against that. Um, He's been hit or miss against Jair Alexander specifically, but the Giant, the Packers haven't been shadowing with Alexander um, at all this season. In fact, he's rarely been in the lineup due to injury. Um, as far as Jaron Hall, he's more of a quarterback that I think I'd want to attack like, with a rushing prop, uh, not expecting uh, a massive passing outing here. But I don't know. This is kind of a, a game like where we should see the Vikings lean on the run as their primary means of attack. The Packers are a run funnel defense on paper. They're a team you want to run against, and we've seen opponents typically do that. So that makes me want to like pump the brakes in terms of like over-excitement with Justin Jefferson and KG Osborne despite the plus matchup. What are we doing? Let's assume – I hate that, but let's assume <laughs> that uh, C.J. Stroud's back this week because that's what the way everything is leaning – what do we think with the, the Texans offense this week? Because at various oh. times this season, we've seen like five different receivers, tight ends and wide receivers, five different guys. Uh, it was Pierce. It was Singletary. It was Pierce. Now it's Singletary again. Like where are we at with this offense provided that we have CJ Stroud back on the field for week 17? Oh, we are very excited about this Texans offense. <laughs> uh, Stroud is very, by very, he's very much in the conversation for offensive rookie of the year. He's missed the last two weeks. I'm not sure his, how much his odds have changed, but uh, he comes back to face a Titans defense that is missing so many pieces on their back end in the secondary and in the front seven. They should have no problems putting up points here against the squad. I love Stroud and Nico Collins and Noah Brown and even the running back, Devin Singletary. I think they're all strong plays as we get to the finish line here. Tyler, we got some questions popping up uh, in the chat room, so I want to hit a, a few of those. Uh, David is uh, just here in the last couple of minutes. We we're talking about that Jamar Chase issue. Um you said, hey, if he doesn't play, I like T. Higgins. I don't love him. But what does this all mean for Tyler Boyd? Uh, does he get into championship game lineups if Chase is out and we've got Tyler Boyd not working against Sneed, but working against the Chiefs secondary? Yeah, it's a great question there. Um, usually I've been uh, historically very poor at picking when the Tyler Boyd explosive weeks are going to occur. So I just want to preface this. Um, Matchup wise, it's slightly softer attacking them in the slot. It's, it's like minuscule in terms of like the points per game, a lot of the slot versus the perimeter against the Chiefs. Generally, they're a team you could you can almost more run against, um, but teams just rarely choose to do so, generally because they're in trailing game script. But Chiefs tend to play down to their opponents, so there's a chance that we see the, the Bengals uh, make this competitive with a lot of Joe Mixon and Chase Brown carries. Tyler Boyd, man, 
he's a roll of the dice wide receiver four flex. That's what he is. Uh, and it's really tough to back him in the Jake Browning offense. That, that's where I'm going to hang my hat on. You probably have better options. Tyler, um, I, I think everyone's missed the ceiling games from Boyd, including Boyd this year. So don't yeah. feel too bad about that. Uh, Jamil is looking to block for his championship game. Uh, he is up against a Jalen Waddle owner. And he says, oh, I could block by picking up McLaurin or Beckham or Shahid or Deontay Johnson, Watson, Douglas. Um, I, I'm usually not one to block people, Tyler, but I kind of understand it in this situation where you know, it's kind of a uh, bragging rights for the remainder of the year. You're trying to win a trophy, if you will. The only one of those guys I'm really reaching a block is maybe McLaurin. And I say that, Tyler, because of Jacoby Brissett. Um, this should mean good things for McLaurin having Brissett instead of Sam Howell, right? Correct. In the two games that we saw uh, Brissett come in, McLaurin was his most targeted receiver. That was really notable in that uh, Seahawks or the Rams game, I believe, where they were able to drive back late in that matchup in that fourth quarter. I would do it for McLaurin. I agree with you. But the problem is we might not get official confirmation on this game because the Chargers Broncos play in the afternoon window. Washington plays in the early window. Unless we get information today that Keenan Allen is definitively out, then this could be a moot point. Tyler, what do we do with the Denver offense this week? Uh, oh, God. Him, obviously. I know. So we had to Big ask. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, we had to ask. He's the guy. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson is down. Stidham is in. Powell mentioned earlier Sutton. We don't quite know where, where he's at. He's not looking likely to play. Does this mean that this offense is going to basically continue to be the same in a matchup that they should have success with against the Chargers? Are they going to run the ball more? Is Stidham going to run the ball? Is Stidham going to get the hell away from? Talk to us about your expectations this week. This is very much a preseason game with these quarterbacks that play. Um, <laughs> my fear is that we see something similar where it was like the Raiders Chargers game where we just see neither defense showing up and these teams just going at each other relentlessly and it being the game you need to stack for DFS. That's my worst fear uh, because nobody's going to want to touch this game. Nobody's interested in any of these players. Easton Stick is a terrible quarterback, but I'm pretty sure uh, Brett Ripien's even worse. Um not very excited about any of these pass catchers for the Broncos. That said, the Chargers are a team we've attacked all season long because they've been terrible on defense. They've got some great names. They just don't play well together. They don't play well together in the scheme. There's just so many missing pieces here. Um, what do I say here? Uh, no, no, <laughs> pass, no, no, pass, pass, pass. Maybe yeah. play Javante Williams reluctantly, but like that's really it. Like he's yeah. even Javante. Like I don't really have high aspirations for. I think he could be a back-end RB2 at best, given that we still have guys like Jaleel McLaughlin and Samaje Perrine still rotating in frustratingly. Fantasy Gurus Tyler Beaker is with us. Uh, quickly, two more out of the chat room, both dealing with tight ends. Uh, David doesn't have TJ Hawkinson. There's a lot of people lost TJ Hawkinson. He is looking at Fryermuth, Tucker Craft, Gerald Everett, or maybe even Darren Waller. You got a preference of any of those four as kind of a dart throw? Some great names there. I personally like Gerald Everett, knowing that, well, we'll, we'll say this contingent on Keenan Allen sitting out because we've seen a lot of volume go to Everett these last few weeks. I think he has eight targets in three straight games. And we have the matchup against the Broncos. The Broncos are giving up the most fantasy points per game to posting tight ends. I, I like that matchup for Everett personally. And then Bradley, uh, kind of wondering about Dalton Kincaid here, um, who started out pretty strong got better with Dawson Knox out. And ever since Dawson Knox got back, Tyler, we've seen nothing from Dalton Kincaid. Is is there any kind of explanation? I mean, you run into the pace and the play calling and how teams like to do things. It's 
it's only been a few games, but I think the Kincaid owner is suddenly kind of going into this weekend and saying, well, maybe I could get Gerald Everett or maybe I could get Tucker Craft. Would you rather hold on to Kincaid? No, personally, I would not. Um, because of the return of Knox, we've seen a far bigger jump back into the two tight end sets. We've seen Khalil Shakur pushed out. He hasn't really been fantasy relevant ever since the return of Knox. And it's also hurt Kincaid's ceiling. He's just been really a floor-based play. And the Bills this week, they are massive favorites. I imagine they run the ball quite a bit against the Patriots. And because of that, I'm probably looking elsewhere. If I'm in a fantasy championship, I don't think I want to start Kincaid this week. We will have a, a tight end DFS column coming up uh, later today over at fantasyguru.com. We've got uh, the other positions already covered. Tyler handled wide receivers. You can find that on the site, running back, quarterback. It is all there. Discord wide open. Tyler is jumping in there alongside Ray Flowers and the rest of our very talented crew. And then Tyler is getting set for the uh, game script and pace of play and kind of breaking down game by game what to expect and that's usually a spot where you can find someone who's a bit overlooked. Maybe a guy who's usually wide receiver four. Suddenly he's a guy who should be in your championship game lineup. So uh, Tyler, we will look for that tomorrow. Thanks a load for joining us today. Um, I would be remiss if I did not ask for a favorite wager this weekend. Is, is there anything that you really like that you've been pushing in the, uh, the, the wagering room for people to take advantage of? Uh, I've already dropped several bets in our Discord. Here's one that I have not given out yet, and it's the Rams Ooh. minus 5.5. Uh, I mentioned the Giants being a team that I want to attack, and it's because their offense is set up to crush in the passing game and the running game. We've got Tyrod Taylor with a depleted group of wide receivers that, I don't know, guys. I don't have much positive things to say about the Giants these days. Um, so I think the Rams handle business pretty well. They are 5-0 and against the spread over the last five. They are on a hot streak. Ooh. Love it. Tyler, great stuff. Happy New Year uh, to you and your family, and uh, we'll talk down the road, okay? You as well. Thank you guys for having me. You bet. Tyler Beaker joining us here on this Friday, Fantasy Sports Daily, with some uh, insight going into the week. He said uh, depleted Giants receivers, Ray. I'm going to say they've been depleted for like three years. Is that fair? <laughs> they, <laughs> I think it's – well, yeah, I think it's pretty fair. And all the people oh, – Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. Yeah, okay, I get it, but – Look who he's throwing the football to for most yeah. of the yeah. time. Yeah, it's pretty rough. The Giants uh, with some work to do, and they may be without Saquon Barkley for next season. We'll have to see what they bring back offensively. A um, couple of things I want to get to, Ray, before we get out of here. And again, if more questions want to come in, by all means, send them to us. Ray and I have a few more moments here at the end of the show. But we like to do some DFS head-to-heads uh, going into the weekend, uh, one at each position. Uh, a couple of guys who are priced relatively the same and see which one Ray Flowers favors. Quarterback Ray, uh, we heard Tyler. He loves C.J. Stroud coming off the concussion playing Tennessee. Uh, he is priced rather affordably, 7100 this week. Brock Purdy is 7K. Now, Purdy is on the road at Washington coming off a disastrous week 16. Purdy for $100 cheaper than Stroud, or, or do you roll with C.J. Stroud if you're looking at those two in DFS? Yeah, both are obviously solid options. I would go Purdy. Uh, in the words of Jeff Manns, I think he said something like, uh, Brock Purdy's going to eat the Commanders. Instead of four <laughs> interceptions, it's going to be four touchdowns this week. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a get-right game. And, and I will say this, not just you know the Niners and all that. I'm always a little reluctant with guys back from injury. And I know you are too, Kyle. And I think that, you know, looking at the totality of who the Niners are, what their offenses look like minus last week, what they're driving toward in the postseason, and then the situation with Stroud's health, 
I'd go Brock Purdy. At running back, uh, we've seen the last two weeks of Zamir White. It's been a lot of quantity, pretty good results. Um, doesn't look like Josh Jacobs is playing again this week, so another week of Zamir White. Ray, you can get him for 5100 at DraftKings um, on the road to Indianapolis. Or right, you can go 5K, 5000 even for Najee Harris on the road at Seattle. Zamir White, Najee Harris, who's the call? Surprised this question isn't coming from you in Discord, Cal. We don't know for certain that Jacobs isn't playing. I think it's fair to assume he's not, but we don't yeah. know that. If he is out, based on Kyle's question, I think you have to go Zamir White for two reasons. One, I think he would be the better play than Najee Harris, just straight up better play. But two, it's the chalk. It's everyone's going to be going in that direction. So don't, you know, there are certain players that when you talk about price points are so attractive to the field that it almost makes sense just to take the, the discount right and, and break even. I think White would be that guy. Moving uh, to wide receiver. I know a lot of people who play DFS love a revenge narrative, right? Sa Sandro Anello, he loves a revenge <laughs> narrative. Uh, I guess he's all over DeAndre Hopkins coming back to Houston. So, right, DeAndre Hopkins, and it sounds like Will Levis will be there. Mm -hmm. Hopkins for 6000 on the road at Houston. Or Chris Godwin for 6100 against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, that I would... Boy, that's we tough. I take Hopkins. We know Hopkins has he and Levis Ray. It's a lot better than he and Tannehill. Yeah, if it Levis is. is out there. The numbers have been there for Hopkins. It is, and this is kind of the you know, it's almost like I would say I almost feel like cash game is is Godwin and GPP is Hopkins because mm -hmm. Godwin. We've seen this of late. Godwin actually has more catches now than Mike Evans. One more catch, and we've seen the last couple of weeks after he disappeared from the offense, ten targets, ten targets. The problem is there's no ceiling game there. I don't know. I think that Godwin has the higher floor. I think Hopkins has the higher ceiling. Uh, with the price point basically being identical, as if Will Levis is out there, I'd go DeAndre Hopkins. Finally, at tight end, uh, the Eagles are finally getting a break in the schedule. They get to host Arizona. Baltimore is not getting a break in the schedule. They are hosting Miami. How about the two tight ends, right? Dallas Goddard for 4,800 or Isaiah Likely for 4,600 on Sunday? Yes. Both. <laughs> Both. I think, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the, and it, those are fair price points. Dalton Kikade, we were just talking about the 4,900. Don't go that direction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go likely here. Um, I think both these guys are in the same zone and we're likely looking around six, seven targets. I think both these guys are in play in the red zone. Uh, I think that in Dallas Goddard's case, there's so much worry about the, the running piece plus the two wide receivers out wide. In the Ravens' case, you know, a lot of the looks down at the goal line historically from Lamar Jackson have gone to the tight end anyway. I'd go with likely, but that's a tight one. I uh, just got a couple of reports, and I love our chat room. Maybe Ray can confirm these. Uh, Jamar Chase is is practicing, or at least in uniform. That We get that from G-Bro, uh, who tells us at least there is some mention. Uh, right. Hollywood Brown on IR. Looks that's, like that's, that's maybe confirmed. confirmed. That's confirmed. Uh, and again, with Chase, you know, we almost say like whether you're limited or full practice, that's kind of up to the team. And that's a post practice report. So again, we'll have to wait an hour, but it's good news. If indeed he is out there, G bro also with a question, Ray, okay. uh, because we've got Trevor Lawrence. Um, he can turn to Derek Carr or Jarrett Stidham. Now I might go Carr even against Lawrence. If Lawrence is playing, I might do that. Mm -hmm. I don't feel good about it, but like, I feel Carr, 
is more stable than Lawrence with how beat up he is and with how he's performed. You've got the performance concerns with Lawrence, but also getting through four quarters, which might be a concern. So I, I might go car over Lawrence. And obviously if Lawrence is out, I'm going car over Stidham. Is that, is that where you stand? Or do you like Lawrence maybe more than car? No. Gosh, I wish I didn't have that decision. If I did at this point, as we're sitting here on Friday morning, I'd go car. Uh, I'd go car, even if Lawrence is playing, I would have Stidham at the bo- the back end of that. Yeah. And this again, it's philosophical partly too. Do you want to start a guy who hasn't played all year? He's thrown, was he thrown four passes this year? Like you want to start that guy in your championship no. week? To me, that's being a hero. I don't want to be a hero. I want to win. Uh, I'll take Carr, who for all his pluses and minuses is a competent NFL quarterback who has weapons at his disposal. The concern for the Saints is if they get up, you know, 14 to, to three or 17 to three, they might just shut this offense down and he throws 22 mm-hmm. passes this week. We've seen that happen. So there is that floor potential. There's always the injuries too. But uh, at this point, I'm going to go Derek Carr. Uh, I think it's just the right decision given those three options. Here, here's another one with Lawrence Jamil. Um, and again, I'd say Lawrence is probably about 50-50 to play. But Jamil is wondering, hey, let, let's say I've got Lawrence, but I could also go Stafford, Minshew, Mayfield. Ray, I'd take Stafford over Lawrence. Um might take Mayfield over Lawrence. Mm-hmm. That's kind of scary. I don't think I'd take Minshew over Lawrence. That that so if I were ranking them, Stafford, Mayfield, Lawrence, Minshew is probably how I do it. One, two, three, four. The right answer to this question is Stafford. Even with the concerns that Tyler mentioned about them getting up and shutting things down, he's the right answer here. Minshew, I I would not ever play Minshew this week if Pittman's out. We still don't know if Pittman's going to play or not. He's trending toward playing. We thought he was going to play last week. Remember that? He was going to play, and then he was they reversed that. So you can't you cannot be thinking Minshew right now unless Pittman is on the field. Even if he's on the field, I'd still go Stafford. And I agree with you, Kyle. I, I'd play Baker Mayfield over Trevor Lawrence at this point as well mm-hmm. if Lawrence was active. And then uh, being the fly in the ointment is uh, Joseph who said, okay, guys, how about this one? <laughs> He'll assume Lawrence is out, and C.J. Beathard is in for the Jaguars. Heineke, Bethard, Levis, or Brissett. Ray, I can't stomach a quarterback against the 49ers, especially when their name is Jacoby Brissett. Um, Tyler Heineke could be benched. Well, I guess he couldn't. He's probably going to be out there for four quarters. Levis is semi-attractive. Bethard, I'm not all in on. I'd probably go Heineke, Levis, Bethard, Brissett. But gosh. I'd be digging maybe even deeper to find a better matchup there. Yeah, what I would say is, uh, Patio Joe, I haven't read your article yet, but write more baseball articles and stop asking these <laughs> football questions. Uh, the spot here at the end of the week. Yeah, right. I mean, I'll say it this way: if you're here, you better have a damn good team, or you're it's over, right? Like this well, is if not you're here with these guys, Ray. Maybe you should just leave yourself up to your own devices. You've done well getting here. Yeah, if, like you're at this point in the season with these kind of options. Yeah, I mean, of this group. I think I'd go Taylor Heineke. Yeah, me too. And, you know, and it's, I mean, what a world we're living in, right? Because you never know how that's going to go. That could be the old, you know, 209 yards and uh, no touchdowns and two picks. But of those options, that, that'd that be the way I'd go. I'd have, uh, I think I'd have Bethard second too. I, I I think this, it. I don't know if this week is better or next week when like everybody's done playing. But Ray, don't, maybe next week would be more hilarious. Ray, I just feel like we'll get to week 18 and everybody's done. And, you know, most of us aren't playing fantasy football. And Arthur Smith is going to have Kyle Pitts go for 10 catches. Bijan Robinson's going to have like 28 touches. And Drake London's going to have 100 yards receiving. Don't you know that's going to happen in week 18 when nobody gets any of it? And they're like, 
screw you, Arthur Smith. Like that would be perfect. That'd be a perfect way for Arthur Smith to to leave the fantasy universe and never to be seen again is to go out with a bang where all three of those guys just go off for the first time. Yeah. 418 yards of offense, 31 <laughs> points, whiz banging the ball all over the field. Uh, stranger things have happened. Joe Flacco is going to win comeback player of the year, Kyle. So you never know, but that would be pretty dastardly if it did indeed occur. Yeah. Okay. That will take us to the end of the road on this edition of fantasy sports daily. But of course, there's a load of other content coming your way at Fantasy Guru. We're a few minutes away from the uh, wagering show. Uh, so that's just a few minutes. So uh, you can keep it tuned here on the uh, video side, the channel side, uh, to hunt down that. Uh, let's see. We've got live streams throughout the week. Jeff Manns. we got our Sunday morning uh, get-together. Uh, we will have DFS cheat sheets coming out throughout the week. College football. Don't want to forget about that. Uh, we talked about it with Scott Bonder on Wednesday. Uh, he has big columns coming out both today and tomorrow. Uh, four good games today. I think we've already started maybe with the Outback Bowl, was it? Maybe it was the Peach Bowl, Gator Bowl, one of them. But big day today, four more games tomorrow. Eventually, we'll get to the uh, college football semifinals. And as we've been doing throughout bowl season, uh, DFS write-ups are available at fantasyguru.com. Uh, Ray, I will let you run. Uh, get some good sleep on Saturday night. I know you're always up early on Sunday, but yep. this will be a critical Sunday for you to help the people with those starting lineups. Yeah, I'll do my best. You can again my advice. I won't be in Discord. I never am on Sundays. I'm on Twitter at SiriusXM Fantasy from 10 to 1. Uh, but the crew is obviously in Discord and all that on Sundays at fantasyguru.com. And we love that Discord. It's kind of a 24-7 call center here at fantasyguru.com. Uh for Ray Flowers, I'm Kyle Alfrink. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Good luck to everybody. Uh, remember a game on Saturday. So be prepared for the Lions and the Cowboys. A lot of action on Sunday. I think next Monday we'll obviously have a full recap. We love Mondays around these parts. Uh, we'll go through game by game all of our thoughts. Uh, then we'll get you set for Monday Night Football, Packers and Vikings. Uh, I would expect that Ryan Clifford will join us for that to talk about Monday Night Football. Uh, Ray, enjoy, man. Good to uh, have you on. I will be back in the uh, regular spot next Monday, and we'll talk then, okay? Looking forward to it, Kyle. Ray Flowers there. Kyle Elfrink here. Thanks to all of you. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by fantasyguru.com.